We're back to some OC content. Mm-hmm. Marvel finally stopped releasing two to three damn original series per week, so we can get back to original content. I'm so excited. I am extremely excited, and I'm very, very, very excited for today. You've been talking about it a lot. I've been talking about this a lot. I've been talking about our guest a lot. Um, I absolutely love this person i adore this person and i like to think i've made friends with this person um this person may think otherwise but it you know what it's like you and me like yeah i still let you think you're my friend yeah i appreciate it Uh um i appreciate it trust me i'm getting (laughs) old so welcome to every man's guide to nerddom where we are two 30 to 40 something year olds who talk about pretty much whatever we want. I'm Chris and I'm Kyle and you guys might know us or can catch us uh, online on the Twitches. We got Giver, G-U-Y-V-E-R-U-N-T-01 over there. And I stream under KSIG, that's K underscore S-I-G. And our guest also streams. Um, so we're, we're excited about this. We got, we got a lot of things in common and then a lot of interesting things to mm-hmm. learn about tonight. So Super you guys excited. are in, you guys are in for a treat. I'm excited. I can barely contain it. I don't know if you can tell, but I can't. And you, talk, uh, you talked about it on your stream last night. I did. I did. I brought it up and talking it up and telling all my friends, all seven of them, that uh, when this comes out, they really need to listen. You have friends? Yeah. Well, like well, seven. Oh, seven. Well, that's more yeah. than me. Yeah. I'm getting old. I know. So, what are we talking about today? Is your ask is what you may be asking or you may not be asking, you're just listening to us ramble on like normal. So I'm going to tell you. Uh, today we're talking about drag queens or drag culture. Um, and in particular, the career of one very special queen. Um, Kyle, how much do you know about drag culture? Not a lot, I'm going to be honest. Um, but uh, what I do know, because like I'm in a very small, confined corner of it, like you're in a more populous area, right? There's, right. there's, there's not a lot of uh, anything outside of normal small town life where I'm at. So all my experience comes from watching competition shows on TV, um, pretty much anything that's out there like that. Um, but you know that that's kind of like the limit of my my uh, experience. Um, but it's it's very interesting to me, and so we can you know go off the even one just go off like a standard definition if we wanted to. Uh, but drag uh, queens or kings are defined as a performer, typically a man, who adopts a flamboyant or a product, uh, feminine persona with glamorous or exaggerated costumes and makeup. And so the, the glamour side of it, one is interesting to me, but the other side of it with the, or another facet of it uh, with the guest that we have today was extremely interesting to me because that's like, that's right up my, right up my alley there. Uh, we actually have, you know, I'm lucky enough to where there's drag shows close uh-huh. to me. So it, it's really cool. Um, but today, our extra special guest, we're going to introduce her. 
I first got introduced to her on Dragula when it came on net Netflix. Um, from there, I started following her on Instagram. And then I found out through my weird, what you do when you get older is Facebook, Instagram stalking that she mm -hmm. has a Twitch channel. And I started yep. hanging out in her Twitch channel and it is so much fun. And we'll talk about that a little bit later here in the show. Yeah. But she's an incredibly, incredibly talented drag queen and artist. And let's preference by saying drag is art. Mm -hmm. Art is subjective and drag is art because it takes an incredibly talented person to do this. We'll go into this a little bit later too. So we want to introduce the lovely, talented Erica Clash. Hello, hello. Hello, hey. hello. So thank you so much for agreeing to do our little nerdy show. First mm -hmm. off, sure, we really sure, appreciate sure. you taking time out of your day, your busy day to come and talk to us and uh, impart your knowledge about, well, everything that you know. Yeah, and I mean, I'm any excuse for me to talk shit, um, but also to like <laughs> spread, but also to spread the message because maybe like there are people in your network that don't know a lot about drag, and I always appreciate those moments when I can share, you know, the under the hood stuff because I think people see drag on TV, on the competition shows and whatnot. It looks very easy, it looks very mm -hmm. glamorous, but there are sides of it that are not glamorous. Um, and and all, but also there's like all these little experiences um, that people just don't know about unless you've lived it. So I sure. try to share all that. Well, we are also going to talk about not just drag with Erica because there's more to Erica than just drag. Erica also, like we said, streams, a lover of Nintendo, uh, <laughs> Metroid, Pokemon, which I'm just it's so much fun to watch. Or you guys need to really check it out. Um, everyone needs to check it out. So um, with that, Kyle, you want to start off? And so just, um, and you, you kind of hit it just like a little bit, Erica, but um, just in your words, the, describe drag. Um, drag to like make it sort of an overarching, you know, what is a big overarching thing? It's, it's the art of transformation. Um, and I think like, I always like what Sasha Valor said about drag. She said, it's the art form of the queer imagination. Mm -hmm. Like it is an art form that is part and parcel with queer culture and with queerness. And regardless of what your gender is out of drag or the gender that you like to put forward on stage, it always comes back to transformation. How do you, with makeup, hair, uh, fashion, um, and a few other tips and tricks like, you know, tucking or binding or whatever it is, how do you create a character on stage? And I always think about drag as well, being a theater kid as like being a one person theater company where you have your hand in every little, uh, part of the process. Um, and those four minutes on stage are, is your, you know, artistic vision as a theater artist in that moment. At least that's that way for me, because I have that very theater theater-ish attitude towards it. That's awesome. Um, we want to go, uh, as we get on a little bit too, I want to go into your background into theater too. Uh, so sure. you can uh, tell us exactly, how, you know, everything that happened and how, why it happened and why you chose to do what you do. Yeah, um, I think, you know, there, when you're a little kid growing up, a little boy, 
um, people always want to put sports on you. And I always resisted that. I always was not into it. My mom put me in golf because she felt like I needed something that was strategic um, as opposed to like physical. Um, and that was fun for a few years. And then uh, she, she kind of forced me, not forced me, but she said, you need to be in the arts somewhere. Cause I always had a talent for writing um, and things like that. And so she said, maybe, you know, the arts are your, your place. Um, so when I was 14, she put me in uh, an arts activism program in the South Bronx where I grew up and that changed everything. I, you know, we were putting, um, you know, doing device theater pieces about social issues. And that's, you know, how I became a theater kid. I mean, I also had done like the school plays and things like that as well, fourth, fifth grade and whatnot. Um, I did school play in high school. So there was that that interest in acting early on. And then there was also that interest in writing early on. Um, and yeah, then I went to NYU for playwriting and screenwriting. Oh, so wow. so I have, yeah, I have more of a writer's background than an actor's background, although I've done acting, you know, and obviously in school and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, and then drag was like a way to kind of bring it all together. Like I can be this performer on stage um, but I'm also like writing or like developing a character and performing a character. So it was like all these really cool elements. Um, and even now, like with, you know, when I go to venues, it's always a treat when the venue has lighting cues and because you know, not every venue has those things. Right. right. Sometimes you're mm -hmm. performing in somebody's garage or what, what have you. So. I always love to bring the, the most that I can in terms of like all those theatrical elements really set the stage, set, set the scene. Um, and yeah, that that's a big part of my drag. So. I, let's go off on that for a second here too. And by the way, Erica just killed two of my questions with that. Oh my God. What, no, no, it's great. It's great. This is the kind of, this is the kind of natural flow I want to have. Okay. So I don't seem robotic. Right. Uh, I kind of want to break off into this a little bit. So you said that, you know, sometimes it might be in someone's garage. It might be, you know, at a little dinky venue. It might be at a big venue. Right. How does that work out? Like, do you get invited to these? Do you get, say, hey, we'll pay you to come perform. I need you here. How, how does that work? How do you go about booking, like, someone like yourself? Yeah. So, um, you know, for me, I've started to work with an agent who can handle certain bookings. But I also handle a lot of my own bookings as well. Um, historically, like after season two of Dragula, you know, I hadn't really worked with a manager. I learned it all, doing it all myself. So that's where like you really start to feel like a one person theater company when you're doing the bookkeeping and the wow. contracting and the actual work that you, people see on stage, right? Right. Um, and that's like the blessing and the curse of like being an independent artist and not being not working under someone. I mean, the, the Dragula brand is something that definitely is enmeshed with my quote unquote brand. I tend mm -hmm. to not think about it as brand as much as about like creative um, signatures and creative like elements that mm -hmm. are always a through lines in my work. Um, but anyway, the, the idea is, yeah, you email me and we talk about dates, we talk about booking fees, um, and then we start drawing up a contract. I have a standard contract that I use that just covers all the bases of what are the terms uh, in terms of like airfare and travel, lodging, all those details. That way everyone knows what the expectations are up front. Um, and I think it's important to like, as, a, as an artist, have those professionalism skills. People tend to think about what we do as just, you know, messy 
um, you know, messy gaze in a bar acting a fool, which it can be that, uh, but there is a business to it as well. And so having a, a business like attitude um, about it can, can pay off in the long run because it's just easier for people to book you, but it's also um, just good to put that vision forward of like, this is a business and we are, we, we take what we do seriously, even if we don't always take ourselves seriously. Right. right. So, um, and then, yeah, once we get the contract sorted, um, and all the like business details and logistics, then it's like, okay, well, what are your technical capabilities at the venue? So there's a little checklist. Like, do you have black light? Do you have strobe lights? Do you have, um, uh, this and that. So like just the different details. Um, and then I start to think about, well, what, what numbers do I want to bring? And usually that's tied to what costumes do I want to bring? Because my characters are so specific and they go with the performances that I'm doing most of the time as well. That is, that's so cool to hear because I, I just know that there are people out there that have this, this vision in their head of what drag is, what the performance is. And there's just so much more to it. And you laid probably, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you didn't even lay it all out there of everything that goes <laughs> mm -hmm. on and just the whole performance and production and prep aspect of it that there's just so much that goes into that that yeah and what we haven't even talked about, about is the day the day of the show yeah. right so like i spent all this time getting the logistics and the, the the business stuff done then i'm curating my show packing it up into suitcases bringing it um and then you're dealing with those day-to-day -day logistics of the show where do i get ready all that stuff so um but it's just it's incredibly satisfying to know that you you know, it's it's sort of like the traveling circus in Dumbo where they just set it up real fast and then yes. it's gone like the next yes. day. <laughs> That's kind of how it feels when you when you travel and do shows. They give um, you they give you the feather and you're just off. Yeah, yeah. Like you just <laughs> yeah, it's that scene where they're like hammering all the tents in and then so that's you like getting your makeup on and all that stuff. And um yeah, then like I drop into a place maybe for like one or two days or, or you know, if I'm doing a working vacation, maybe I stay a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, you just kind of drop in and like, you get a, a barometer of what the queer community is like in that city. I just had so. this like mental image of just drag carnies everywhere, setting up tents and drag carnies. Yeah. Like, you know, people <laughs> with makeup wipes and that's awesome though. Yeah. So another reason I love Erica, she just made a Disney reference. Mm -hmm. She knows her shit everyone <laughs> love her now i'm scared to release the disney episode i'm gonna keep that in the keep vault our, keep our disney yeah keep that in the vault i don't well, know that's just a disney that. movie episode so yeah no but i do have an upset i do have like a borderline like obsessive uh relationship with trivia and the histories of and the background and the lore i'm that nerd that likes to do the deep dive and so sometimes that means my frame of reference is like a little bit more specific. Like mm -hmm. I may not know certain things that maybe other people know. Um, of course, everybody's frame of reference can't can't include everything. Right, right. Um, but I just like to go deep dive into everything. We, uh, we would do you like that. to tell Erica about our show real quick? What we oh, do, like how, how that's we, similar? We veer off and go down a rabbit hole and we're talking about like a Marvel movie one second and then how Dave Coulet was the inspiration for No Scrubs by TLC like in 30 seconds later, how we kind of go down that. Yeah. And then yeah. how we'll deep dive into stuff. Yeah, we're yeah. very similar. 
<laughs> one thing leads to another thing and then you're just all the way down the rabbit hole and yeah get, that's why we have the list so chris has because if he didn't have that we'd be stuck we would yeah. never come back out of the rabbit hole yeah and, well, with well, the Metroid series recently, I, I, I hope I keep it concise. I try to. You do. But you do. it's just so much fun to just connect all the dots in, in a universe. So like whether that's Godzilla or, you know, anything else. My sister's a big Star Wars nerd. So like doing that with her too is really fun. And I just enjoy that a lot. So something that's really cool that Erica does on her channel, she plays through the Metroid series. Mm -hmm. But she gives you the background on all of it. See, that's what I how need. How it connects. It is so cool. Like, I didn't know um, when she was playing today. She playing Metroid. Was it Metroid 2? Uh, Metroid Fusion, which Metroid has Fusion. a lot of echoes from Metroid 2, though. So she was at this part where they were talking about how Samus's suit was taken over by this parasite. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. I always just played the game and watched it. See, yeah, like what I can remember is being a, you know, short, chubby, little five-year-old bearded kid playing with my little Square Nest controller, and I think it's as far as I got. Like I, now, I want to get back into. Ooh, Nestroid is is just the beginning. Like <clears throat> those games are actually the most un, one of the most unforgiving ones because there's no map and it's very archaic. It hasn't aged as well. That's why they remade it in the two thousands. Um, oh, okay. So we did Metroid Zero Mission, which was the remake of that. And yeah, we've been going through the entire 2D Metroid series. And now we're basically like perfectly set up for Metroid Dread. But we're going to go back in the timeline and now tackle the Prime games, which I have not played. So that'll be quite interesting. That'll be fun. So have you, have you ever done a Metroid, either Samus or a Metroid or a Mother Brain drag? I, you know... When I was starting out in drag, I mm -hmm. must have bought like a cheap zero suit, you know, from the internet. Right. And so I did, I did an attempt at it, but at the time, honestly, I had not really, I had not really had my like immersion period Metro where I was really getting immersed in, in right. all the lore and everything. Um, so now, I mean, we were talking about, you know, Ridley's one of my, my mains in smash. Mm -hmm. I would love to do like Ridley or I've even had thought about like a mother brain look with the clap, the the broken glass and right. everything, but that's like very, it's, it's, it's kind of nebulous how exactly I would pull that off. I mean, Ridley makes, I, I could, I could see that translate to drag a little bit more. You right. have to really do a lot of work with the wings. So the only thing I can think of from Mother Brain would be the, from Captain in the Game Master, that version of Mother Brain mm. with the, with the big lips and the big four, the uh, eyebrows. Yeah, so it's like it was a question of like to what degree are you faithful to the character and to mm -hmm. what degree do you want to make it drag? And like that's the the fun in between where my drag lives because I I I don't always enjoy doing a one-to-one -one interpretation of a character. Right. I always think about like how do I glamorize it or make it more drag or like take an inhuman shape and and impose that on the human shape in a drag way. Which is and it's phenomenal. Thank it you. really is. <laughs> um, Kyle? So um, we'll kind of round back over to his talents and performances and, and uh, things as far as just like in the world dragon. Like some queens, are, they're good at sewing. Some are good at makeup. Uh, some are good at lip sync. Like, and some bring all those together. What of those skills or any skills that we haven't mentioned would you say actually defines 
Erica Clash? I think for me, it's it's been the makeup and makeup and sound design. Because I, I unless I'm doing like a longer show where it's me hosting it and sort of doing number after number, I tend to not just do a song. It's always a, a, a performance. So it's a mix of musical lip sync and then lip sync of the spoken word. So whether that's like film clips or different references, I'm always melding references into something. Uh, and makeup, I think is my favorite among like the sort of the tactile disciplines of drag. Cause there's like wig design, there's sewing. Um, I'm not like the greatest at those things, but I do have some knowledge in those areas. Um, I did get into sewing in like, right, like right before Dragula basically. And thank goodness that I knew how to work a machine um for Dracula because you know it's just handy right but um yeah makeup makeup for me is the big one so she brought it up this is a little bit further down on the questioning here Kyle so you okay. can check that one off let's talk about makeup I know that there's a difference but I don't know what the difference is between regular makeup that like let's say my wife would wear yeah and drag makeup What's the main difference? Because I know, doesn't your makeup have to be a little bit thicker? I've always heard it has to be like a little bit thicker so it doesn't melt yeah. under like all the lights. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it comes down to like, well, as an actor on a stage, like in a theater production, they would, for the same reasons, they would need like a thicker makeup. Right. Um, maybe what the look that they're doing is more fantastic. That's certainly the case for drag most of the time. Um, but yeah, I think it's the functionality of it. Like, you know, makeup that's every day. You don't want it to look heavy because people are also seeing you up close. Right. So unless that's your gig and you want to be like beat for the gods, um, you know, you're going to go for something a little bit lighter or, you know, even honestly, a lot of women or just people in general who, who wear makeup tend to just keep it simple, a little tinted moisturizer or concealer. Um, but they wouldn't necessarily do like a whole painting on a whole eye or like contouring really fierce and things like that. So if you all haven't, I, I've been to at least one stream I know of, of yours where you basically create your own makeup. Yeah. And it's not mixing together stuff like you would think. It is intense. And I invite you all to watch Erica's stream and watch her do that sometime. Like, it's not, I was getting tired watching you. <laughs> I really was. I'm like, because you would think it's uh, like, kind of like you or I mixing paint. No, not at all. Dude, have you seen me try to mix paint? Yeah, I have, unfortunately. Yeah, okay. We don't, yeah. <laughs> Although I do mix, I do, I do mix my colors custom. So like all my pastels, um, and we've actually done it on stream. We have a crafting bot on, on the channel where I show you like the finished product. They're all little makeup canisters. Um, but yeah, makeup makeup takes time also. <laughs> and, it, and it's not cheap. No, and it's not cheap. Yeah, there's a lot of different kinds of materials that you need. And yeah, you, I mean, you're, you're buying like stage grade stuff. So it's, you know, like that clown white that I use is like mm -hmm. thick and yeah, it's quite expensive. Yeah. So uh, like we've kind of hit on it a little bit. And so, but this way we can say like, we really like nailed it down because we've 
we've talked about the, some of the characters and things that you do um, in a roundabout way up to this point, but just for the people listening that may not be familiar, how would you describe the type of drag that you do? Um, well, first of all, it's very colorful. Um, and yeah, it always comes down to like video game inspired, anime inspired, um, you know, Harajuku inspired, like all the Japanese street fashion, like the countercultural nature of that artistic movement and sort of melding those things with drag and like the ways that drag can be countercultural. I always want to lean into that. Um, and yeah, colorful, animated, graphic. I like to think of it as like a living cartoon. You know, so like, what are the different ways that I can kind of bring, bring that into the third dimension? So, I know a lot of people are probably thinking, this kind of leads into our next question too. A lot of people are probably thinking, how hard can drag be? You know, you're just putting on makeup, you're doing this, it, it, you're just pretending to be a woman, or you're pretending to be a man. You're just, you know, pretending to be something. Yeah. As you just heard from Erica, there's a lot of thought that goes into her performance. She's an artist. Mm -hmm. And did, did you hear how many things she's pulling from? Like, Kyle, you and I, for this podcast, we pull from lots of little things, mm -hmm. but nowhere in depth like this. Mm -mm. And that's what just floors yeah. me about how well thought out this is. It's a, it's a full... Oh, thank you. What I'm, that's something that like I've learned... You know, not like it's a it's a full performance. It's not just a walk down the runway. Like from what you're describing, like there's there's so much more that goes into it than that. And there's so much more that like people may not see with the with a full stage performance with production and lights and music and um yeah, that's that is so cool to learn about. So that brings me my to my next question. I know the answer, which I think is yes already, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, Erica. Do you think there's a stigma attached with drag? Like when people hear the word, I'm watching a drag show, like I'm watching Dragula, I'm watching RuPaul's Drag Race, mm. I'm going to a drag show. Do you think there's a stigma attached to that? Like, just like, you know, oh, it's weird. You can't, you know, what are you doing? I don't think as much anymore. I mean, obviously in places that are more, uh, less accepting of queerness and whatnot, of course, to them, that's gonna, you're gonna hear those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. But drag is so trendy these days. Um, I don't think they're, to, to say that you're like a consumer of drag, it's like, oh, how fun um, is, is my thinking of like how it's, you know, just an average person would react. Like, oh, right. fun, a drag show. They maybe have an idea of like what that is based on things that they've seen, um, even if they don't like fully know or understand. Um, but I think like being as someone who is in the art form and then introducing yourself as well, I'm a drag artist, I think, I think sometimes there can be a little bit of uh, a stereotype of like what kind of person is in that line of work, mm -hmm. um, you know, associations with drugs and alcohol, which, you know, for some people, they partake, of course, mm -hmm. um, but you, it sort of creates those associations of um maybe that person like doesn't or can't hold down like a job a prop quote-unquote proper job um things like that so let's 
let's jump to that. That's a perfect segue, Kyle, to that question. Um, where is that question that I had? Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, uh, you would think that I didn't write half of these questions, me looking for it, but I know what I want to say. Uh, da, da, da. Well, we just kind of hit and miss all over. And yeah. That's, well, that's why we have the list. So um, there it is. Uh, so jobs, quote unquote, proper job jobs, mm -hmm. air quotes there. How do you make money in drag? Do you have, do you make enough money for, and if we're being offensive in any way, mm -hmm. forgive me. Um, and I, you know, we're, that is not our intent. It's just, we're just curious. Yeah. How do you make money in drag? Like, do you have to get another job, like a regular nine to five job or an eight to five job? Um, do you have to take as many gigs as you can? How do you, how do you get income from drag? Do you have to supplement it somehow? Do you make enough to live off of? I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and it's it's a journey of like figuring that out, you know, still. Um number one is you have different different revenue streams, right? So like I'm able to monetize Twitch, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm thankful for that because not only do I enjoy it and I felt like it's something that honestly was missing from the from the equation, like a way to share my love of games because I am such a video game inspired artist. Um so there's like Twitch, you know, you can sell merch, you can um you know you can do cameos i'm on cameo so like things like that um but the majority of you know how to make your bread and butter is by traveling and so a big part of that is because you're you're going to that city for a, that one night um you know your name on a marquee has a certain level of value to that venue that establishment that wants to book you and so you're able to negotiate a booking fee and so depending on those kinds of things or if you you can manage like a weekly booking, monthly bookings, those kinds of things tend to be the bread and butter of like how you make most of your cash. Um, for me personally, you know, I've worked, I've worked the, the 10 to six fantasy. I did that for a year, uh, like right before I moved to San Francisco. And then when I was in San Francisco, I did uh, events for an art center in downtown San Francisco. And that was, that was an amazing experience um, because, you know, not only do I love my coworkers, I love my work, you know, I really do enjoy and think there's something healthy for me personally about doing events, but from a, from the offstage perspective, so I can enjoy it. Um, but, you know, ideally I would love to do it full time. Honestly, right now with the pandemic and everything, it's still kind of up in the air. Right. So I'm, I'm on a personal journey right now of like figuring that out and what that is now, because, um, 2019 was a great year for drag. Like, you know, for me and in, in terms of like getting those bookings and all that, mm -hmm. obviously 2020 was way different. So, um, yeah, it's a journey, but yeah, a lot of people do work, do work side jobs. Um, I think it's, it tends to be difficult to like do a full-time thing if you're on that mode of traveling for, for gigs a lot. Um, because then you're restricted to the weekends or like if your job requires you to be there on weekends, that's, that's a, a challenge as well. So, um, you know, jobs that are flexible jobs that are more on the part-time scale tend to be a little bit easier to manage with drag, but then it's like, because we live in the United States and healthcare is a fucking scam. Mm -hmm. it's like how, do, you know, how do you, I then, even if I am working really, really hard, because I don't have a full-time job and I'm not a lot access to those employer-based health insurance because we're freelance. Right. So it's like, 
yeah, the economic challenges are a big deal. Um, I was a union leader when I worked at my art center job and doing that while also developing drag as a business was interesting. Um, because you have to know how to advocate for yourself as, as someone who's selling your labor. Right. So I'm like selling my services. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> figuring it out as we speak. Are you, do you have opportunities? This is kind of going off this, um, to the skills that you've developed doing this. So makeup skills, um, your maker skills with your costumes and your props mm -hmm. and everything like that. Like, you know, I'm, I'm assuming like a lot of this is self-made. Um, have you found any opportunities to parlay those skills over into other fields, other jobs, uh, like special effects or, um, uh, even, you know, back into theater is, is, has that, has that been a thing yet? Or is that even a thing that you would entertain? Not yet, but when I look for jobs, I'm always listing all those transferable skills. So whether that's like social media, mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's something that a lot of uh, companies, organizations need help with sometimes, or maybe that's a component of that job. So I do try to like, I do try to parlay those things. I haven't had much of an opportunity yet to do that. But I know like, for example, if I wanted to look into stage managing, at least having you know, an extra set of hands on stage, you know, on uh, in the theater who like knows how to, you know, stitch something really quick or whatnot. That's a great thing to have. So theoretically, it's it's possible. Um, I mean, there are a lot of you know drag artists that work selling makeup, and that's an obvious way that you know their passions as well as their skills can kind of align for like a, a job that's enjoyable, or at least you know gets the job done if sure. in terms of like making money. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So let's talk about this. This is kind of, it's kind of a two-part question. Mm -hmm. So how did you get to start off with, how did you get the name? How did you create the name Erica Clash? How did it come together? Um, so Erica is what my mom would have named me if I had been assigned female at birth. Oh. And I just, I just like the name. And then Clash comes from Mario Clash, which was a virtual boy <laughs> game. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know Mario Clash. Yes. So, yeah. And like the vir virtual boy was, you know, supposed to be this like sort of like revolution in 3D technology. So I felt right. like it made sense with this idea of like a living cartoon. So you have just made by that reference a lot of our <laughs> listeners very, very happy. Mm -hmm. One of these days we'll have to give the virtual boy. I don't even know. Is there a virtual boy emulator out there? Oh, I guarantee you I there is. We'll have yeah. to give, yeah, we'll have to give those games a look. On I stream guarantee sometime. you there is. Yeah, that would be amazing. Virtual boy emulator. <laughs> on it. It's so weird because I'm, I'm, I'm like such, now I'm such a Metroid streamer. Like it's like, it's such a, such a thing for us now. And, but then also like the deep cuts that I pull out. Right. Um, they're, there is a virtual boy emulator that has support for the oculus rift what chris yes yes so erica i have an oculus rift <laughs> which is which is a vr vr headset yeah. that's it it's it's it's, it's the one that you ha don't have to be tethered to a computer for okay is but it very expensive no it's actually quite affordable it's gone down it is way cheaper than the rest of them 
Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, basically, after a month of me supporting you, you could afford it um, on Twitch <laughs> of my donations. He's so supportive, too. Um, like, I, I like to support no the community. Like, like, actually, yeah. I like to support my friends. I like to, you know, if you support the community, it, it all comes back. Yeah. Um, comes full circle. And that's what you have to do. You have to support people you like. You have to support artists. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they got they to eat, too. And... So the Rift is a lot of fun. You can also hook it to your computer. Nice. And here's the story on that one, which I'm sure even if I didn't bring it up, Kyle would. So Phasmophobia is the game I was telling you about on one of your streams before. Yes, the ghost hunting and I ghost. added that. I added that to my list mm. because, so, yeah, now the FNAF is canceled. We got to find some others. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I got that. So, yeah, no, well, come play with us sometime. Okay. Because um, it's, it's four player and it's, it's not as much fun by yourself. It is so much fun okay. with your friends. Okay. It's a hundred times more fun with Chris. When he, he gets scared, he screams, jumps Big out of jump. his seat, and lands on things my nuts. himself. Basically, my, yes. He's, I land on my nuts a lot. A lot. A lot. And uh, there's probably clips of that. I probably got that clip somewhere. I of, guarantee you, you do, because I can start crying yelling um, and screaming and ah my nuts yeah i think i got a clip of that somewhere even better so we tried it i was setting up for i've got it ready so where i can do the vr the oculus on twitch now mm. and it will i've got it to where the twitch chat will appear in the helmet now oh great so you can read what's going on with your chat if you end up getting one holler at me and i will help you definitely set it up but i was playing phasma with it and apparently phasma knows how tall you are when you go into the game. And I was sitting in my chair. So I went in (laughs) the size of a small toddler. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. And I couldn't get the keys off of the table to get into the house. (laughs) That's so silly. Just reaching one. (laughs) And I thought that, uh, so Kyle was there watching me along with um, Blasted Props, another one of our friends, he does cosplay. Um, And they were sitting there watching me and they were making noises. And then I hear this, uh, and I'm like, yeah, shut up. Shut the hell oh up. Oh, my goodness. And they're like, what? And I go, quit making noises. Like, We're not making any noises. I'm like, uh, what? And then my flashlight starts going. So Phasmo is scary by itself. In VR, it's about a million times more scary. Oh, and my I believe Kyle's got the clip of me punching at the air, mm-hmm. trying to get the thing away from me. And then he goes, you look so defeated when you died. Well, be- <laughs> you, were oh, sitting- my goodness. you were sitting in the garage and you figured out that you could pick up the tube of caulk. And you're holding it like so proud of yourself. You're like, hey, look what I, I got the cock. And they're like, ah, <laughs> it's so good. I'll have to it find is it. It's so scary. But yeah, no, it's, yeah, the Oculus Rift is probably the most affordable out of all. Yeah. Okay. VR. Okay. I'm going to research that. Yeah. So, Cause yeah, yeah, Virtual Boy, that it doesn't get more deep cut than that. So, oh, that's mm. going to be awesome. Um, we might have to look into that, Kyle. And there's um, Virtual Boy Wario Land. Which is um, probably one of the better ones on the Virtual Boy that I would love to play someday. Kyle's looking it up, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm looking up, yeah. You know my research look when I'm just like... Mm-hmm. So when it comes to research, mm-hmm. Kyle, Kyle's your dude. Mm-hmm. He okay. will find it. I'll do the so, deep dive. I can find okay, it. You keep looking, Kyle. I'm going to ask Erica this next question. Planet Virtual Boy. Okay. So is Erica Clash a character or is she you? Or are you and Erica Clash the same person? Are you intertwined? Like, how does that work out? How do you separate from that? Yeah, I think of her as like, we're two sides of the same coin. So we're distinct. Mm -hmm. 
and we're separate, but we're also we also are. I mean, it's it's kind of obvious, but like it's obviously distinct things, but you you're you're also the same thing when you're a coin, right? right. So it's right. like it's hard to like separate, you can't separate them, but they're also diff distinct and different. And it's I know that's kind of a really it's like a weird it's kind of a trick question. Yeah, but, like but job, it's also Chris. like a, a sort of a paradoxical thing. Right. It's 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 a releasing of the inner self of, of of or of an inner self. Right. So like those parts of my my physicality that I that I hid, you know, this is why I, I didn't really dance at functions for a long mm -hmm. time, is because I never felt comfortable with my body. I always felt like, you know. I wasn't going to be accepted for right. how I wanted to move throughout the world. Right. And so like being able to tap into my feminine power through drag, that's amazing. See, and that's, I think a common theme for the people who listen to our show. I think that's kind of a common theme is not being comfortable with who you are, especially growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, not being comfortable in your own skin and then eventually finding that yeah happy place and that's that's yeah. that's kind of the whole purpose of our show is you know we tell everyone don't be a dick mm -hmm. just don't be a fanboy if you don't agree with it cool but just listen to the other side to explain where this person's coming from or where this hobby is coming from you'll and then learn, make up your mind you'll learn so much more mm -hmm. And so you learn more, more about the people. And and another reason why we wanted to do this show and build this community mm. is that we know there are people out there that like whatever the thing is that they like, whatever the thing is that they geek out over, whatever the thing is that they nerd out over. And it could be so obscure or it could be even more popular than they realize. And but they may still feel alone. Like, I like this thing, mm -hmm. and I don't know anybody else mm -hmm. that likes this thing. I don't have anybody to talk to with yeah. about this thing. And all of a sudden, we're, we're starting to find people that we, you know, we're trying to give them a, a place to gather for that. And now these discussions are being, being able to happen. Friendships are happening, like good, deep, like real friendships. Because when you, when you bond over something like that something that you originally yourself think is weird or obscure or taboo or whatever it is and you find somebody to bond with over that that just that makes life so much better just to be able to do that weird. and it's a little less it's a little less mm. weird or you mm. feel a little less weird or you, yeah. you're, you're comfortable with it and that's that's what we're shooting for and we i think like as as nerds growing up we know that feeling of being solitary in our love for something absolutely and yeah that's you know that was a part of it too like video games were an escape but they were also like you know doing that you know story deep dive that was my company in a lot of ways um because i was very like guarded around other kids and my sisters were kind of grown up already when i was you know at the age where i was getting into video games so right um, so uh, how many siblings do you have I have eight. Eight? Yes, my dad has a lot of children. He was busy man. Um, oh yes. So yeah, my my mom is one of eleven, and then my wow. wife, my wife was one of. Uh, mom was one of ten, I think. So, I feel you on the big families. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah. That's why I stopped at two. Yeah, um, same. <laughs> like, that's enough. That's enough. I'm good. I, I can't even wrap my head around one. I'm like, Ripley is a lot. Uh, <laughs> after my second one, I was like, there's going to be no more of me running around. That's mm. more than the world needs right now. It's true. No one needs more of you. Um, I'm raising two good little nerds. They're coming along. Oh, I adore nicely. your children. I adore your kids. They you, are so you, nerdy. You leave a little to be desired, sir. Well, you know, I I couldn't. I had to pass some of it on, and now I'm getting old and cranky, and just shit happens. You do look so, old. You look older I, than me, and I'm. Older I fucking than you. feel old today, dude. <laughs> I feel so old today. You have no idea how old I feel today. Older than you, and you're older than me. That's true. So. Uh, Kyle, you want to hit this next one? Um, yeah, so, okay, we, we kind of talked a little bit about this one maybe may have several different versions of the answers. After hearing how you describe there's there's not just like a set type of show, mm. right? Um, there's different appearances and different things. So, it, you know, how long how long does a show last would be – trying to think of how to how to throw this out there um your typical performance your typical appearance how long do you usually try to book for how long are you usually like in character in performance um or like is a it, minimum amount of time yeah like is there a minimum amount of time or is there something that you shoot for that you feel like like i need at least you know five minutes 20 minutes 30 minutes to really flesh out the character and and, and relay the vision that you have um it really when you're booked for events most of the time um you're sort of booked as a headliner from like an out-of-town visitor headliner you know among like a cast of local artists mm -hmm. so it really just depends on what kind of event they're putting on you know the event producer the person that's booking me sometimes it's the bar uh like um uh someone who works for the bar directly sometimes it's another drag artists who also direct shows and book shows. Um, so it kind of just depends what they want for that particular event. And usually that, you know, has to do with how long can the bar stay open? Um, or is there like a time limit on how long they have the space for? Um, stuff like that. So like, you know, because again, it's also tied to uh, those liquor sales or the, mm. uh, the amount of people that, that pay at the, at the, at the door. All those kinds of things those tend to be the things that will dictate how long an event is but generally speaking in terms of like the amount of work that i put in you know that's two to three usually two um but i always give the option you know to do three and depending on you know what i have planned um there'll be like costume changes in between each number usually um unless i have a very like intricate like body paint and everything you know head to toe um that i spent like six hours on <laughs> Oh, uh, or five hours on um but yeah that that tends to be the, so that tends to be like a minimum uh, or like a, a general like idea of like how many performances you have to bring and then usually there'll be like a meet and greet afterwards but not always um it just depends i was making a mental note because i know somebody that would absolutely love to have you at their yeah venue. i mean if they're yeah if if there are you know venues where you live where you think like you know they might um yeah let me know 
Yep. I was, I was like, I thought of it and like, I got to put this down now or I'm going to forget. I want to hear and, about this later. <laughs> yeah, you will. Um, you want to hit this next one? Cause I really want to ask them the question after that. Okay. So, uh, the hard part. Okay. So yeah. what, I know it's going to be different for everybody. Um, for you, what is the, the hardest part about performing like either in drag or just in general? Like what is, what's the hardest hurdle for you to overcome? It's like stage fright or prep work or what, what is it that that's the hardest thing for you getting ready for a show? Yeah. Sometimes, you know, it can just be the economic considerations, honestly. Um, Being at a place where, you know, you do are doing it as a business, you start to see the ways and, and especially traveling and observing how queens are treated where they live. Um, it's it was really sometimes it's really sometimes hard on me. Um, because sometimes like all all the things that we that are required for us to do what we do. Um, you know, on top of well, oh, the bar promoter can't put this and this together, can the drag queen do it? Um, so sometimes like the work that we do is thankless or it's always just sort of assumed that we'll do all the things. Um, and sometimes it can you can feel a little bit alone when you don't have that support where you're working. Um, and yeah, sometimes, so yeah, sometimes I can feel like a little bit like drag artists are underappreciated or they're expected to work for less all the time. And no one, we, we never ask like, well, why can't somebody at the, who owns the bar take a fucking pay cut or find, or, or, or just find some way to make this work, mm -hmm. um, to pay your artists fairly, to pay them something. You know, I think that's one of the things that I, I, I can kind of choose and say like, well, I, I would rather just wait for a booking where they can pay the fee that I'm asking as opposed to working for free, but not everyone feels like they have that choice, especially if you're a newer artist. But I feel that regardless of whether you're new or whether you're established, and we see this mentality with a lot of established queens too, of, oh, well, the young queens have to, queens and kings have to pay their dues and like work for free or, or put up with nonsense. And I think that's the hardest thing is, is trying to push back against that as much as I can. I was wondering about that. If, if that's something that you run into as an artist that you hear a lot of other artists in, in different, um, and different genres and things that they run into where, you know, I oh, will book you for the exposure. Right. You know, we'll, we, we can't, we can't pay you, but we'll get your name out there. Is that something that happens a lot? Is that, it, it sounds like it would be. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does. And I mean, depending on, on who you are, it might be more attractive. Some people that just start out are really, really, really anxious to just get get their name out there. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I I mean, I worked for free plenty when I was starting out. Um, I just tried to do the best that I could, right? And as soon as I could secure those like paid bookings, but even mm -hmm. then it was like $50. So it's like the the, the cost of doing business really does not add up when it comes to what we're paid and like the, the, the hourly rate, if you were to break it down, what would yeah. that be? Um, does it match? And again, like I have a place of privilege because I was on this platform. 
I'm able to charge a lot more than, or not a lot more, but a, a decent amount more than, than the average local entertainer. So, you know, you've earned your clout. Yeah. I mean, you and, really the drag, and the, and the drag race artists are, are charging like several times what I charge. So they're really doing well, but there's still a lot of drag. And, and so like the narrative, especially on, on that TV show is, well, you get on drag races, your golden ticket to make it. But the reality is that there's so many people still getting taken advantage of. Um, and they have to pick up slack for um, bar managers or promoters who are unprofessional. And I've seen my, sh- my share of that, you know, in, in my, my seven years of doing it. And, and in the last four years of traveling and seeing different bars in different cities and different places. So, yeah. You know what we call those, Kyle? What do we call those, Chris? Dick bar managers. They're just a bunch of dicks. That's what they are. We got it in there. We've been we we've been waiting for that one. We've been waiting for the dick joke. It finally came. Um, but uh, and uh, very appropriate. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so we that's another reason we really wanted to do this episode was to shine some light on, you know, some of the background and what you as a drag artist what you have to go through. And it's not, you know, this glamorous. It's not always this glamorous thing that you see on TV. Yeah, and I mean, there's a reality of like. Tra- being by yourself in a city you've never been makeup residue on your face you're hauling these suitcases um behind you like trying to get catch your flight and that all can be very rewarding but yeah people just don't see that side of it well we appreciate you yeah (laughs) i've I've learned a lot just this episode like i I I came in open mind like genuinely curious um like i said i I watched uh, watched the show up to a certain point, and they're like, fuck them. I'm not watching anymore after this because my favorite person's gone now. <laughs> he really yeah. did text me that. I too. did. Like, I'm done. <laughs> I can't. I'm like, I don't even want it now. But I'll, I, I enjoyed. Okay. So uh, before Chris gets on to his question, that the show to me, like, reached me because I'm a, I'm a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Campier, the better. And I, would you say like anime nerd light, maybe, Chris? Like no, I would say you're an you're anime nerd. I'd say yeah. you're full. You, I'm I'm full on just like there with it, yeah. And so to see like those two worlds mesh, and with with what you were doing was great. the The show as a whole was about awesome because I love um seeing like characters and things develop like that and just the creativity of it and i laughed so many times just because <laughs> like it it was it was so entertaining like i've told so many people like if you haven't watched this you need to go watch this mm-hmm. and this I've is why and like it's it's just so i laughed my ass off so many times at just some of the because some of the things were just so over the top with um like the b horror movie shtick and stuff yeah that that was not taking itself too seriously and i love that you that you guys did that that was amazing so erica i would dare to say you got kyle into drag (laughs) not physically like literally into yes like yeah i mean maybe or or, as we call him gandalf he's one gray hair away from gandalf they're there Uh, they're coming (laughs) thanks for pointing that out again at least you're welcome my beard looks good okay so so Okay, so this is a 
near and dear question to me because I have thought about this and I cannot figure it out for the life of me. My wife really, really, really wanted me to know this question too. I didn't even think about it. Okay. But she said, you have to ask Erica this. Okay. So as a young boy, mm-hmm. hell, he's in a, as a teenager. I'm not going to lie. Even as an, an adult. Even last week. Even last week. You know, just because you can, you push your wiener inside your body because you can. <laughs> I really want to know. This is preferencing this. I really want to know what is tucking and what okay. is. Uh, and you said the other thing too. Um, there's tucking binding. and binding. What is that? How is it done? How does that work? Like, what do you do? Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, I don't. I don't know chest binding from experience because I don't have breasts. Right. But um, generally, that's like tape. Uh, some degree of taping and bandaging. Mm-hmm um sometimes you'll see like the tape on the outer sides of the breast because it's like pushing it back mm-hmm. um and then in terms of tucking um you're for those of us that have testicles the the testicles have a little um there's like a little socket that they can go into mm-hmm. so that's like that's like really really tucking which i tend to not do like extreme tucking um, that's 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 like on the more like classical tucking, if you will. Really? But like, but like, I've I I mean, I used to tuck. I don't really anymore. I don't I don't think of I don't necessarily think of Erica as like being strictly or or like being a female. Like right. I picture her being a male-bodied person, but there's still some degree of like queerness there. Right. So I personally don't. But but that's. The general idea, and if you wanted to do the the quick and dirty, it would just be like push it all back and then you know duct tape. That it's sounds duct, duct terrifying. Really, I'm not gonna lie. The no, duct, duct tape, tape sounds, really does do everything. I, I no, would duct, I would recommend if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, talk, I would recommend shaving. Oh Take notes, Chris. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, well, you would because after you the first time because you can't. You just can't with with duct tape. You no, can't do that to yourself. Well, I, that's a I, that's a mistake you'll only make one time, Chris. Is... I, I cry if I get a haircut in my zipper, but yeah, I didn't even think about that. So it's duct tape too. So my wife will be extremely happy you have answered <laughs> this question because we have literally pondered this, and I had no idea. Should be more happy if you apply the answer. That's true Better. too. Just, but you know, <laughs> it's one of many ways to create an illusion with your body and transform. Right. Um, you know, there's, there's padding. If you're a drag queen who does not have breasts, you would use breast pads or a lot of us wear hip pads. I tend to not even wear hip pads as much anymore. Um, I do still want to get a new pair because my current pair is old and crusty. Um, I would still like to pad in certain moments, but just not all the time necessarily. I, I like to also even sometimes depending on what I'm wearing, I won't wear, um, I'll wear smaller breast pads and kind mm-hmm. of, you know, because I don't necessarily think of, as I said, as Erica's like strictly female. So it, would you consider Erica non-binary or just, uh, how would you consider that? Because I'm actually yeah. fascinated by this. I mean, I myself identify as genderqueer mm-hmm. and I think of Erica as part of my, my gender expression. Right? Okay. And like part of part of 
one way that I express that gender queerness. Um, so I think I think of her as like still being like having my body underneath it all, right? So like even if I've had right my breasts or my hips, she still has she still has a male body underneath it. Like I don't okay. necessarily think of her as female. Okay. Well, and that's that's great. But like to in know terms of gender identity, like I mean, she goes like when I'm in drag, it's she they pronouns. Right. Mm -hmm. So. And I don't, I don't typically, you know, go up, play, play up like the androgynous nature. Mm -hmm. I do like her to be very cute and feminine. So I guess also gender queer, but on the, a little bit further on, on the feminine side, I guess. And I know I'm asking unfair questions that probably weren't on this sheet ahead of time. No, so I, thank I saw you. That thank you so sheet. much for asking that or answering I think that. I saw that on the sheet. Um, so we do just so everyone knows, like we try and give everyone a heads up. So there's not a lot of surprises on the show, even mm -hmm. though we're fond of them. Um, so we gave, we wanted to make sure that we were very respectful to Erica, especially on this one. Um, so it, it's one of those, you have to make sure you use the right pronouns too. Mm. And it's just respectful. And that's, that's just, that's kind of human decency at this point. It is. You know, respect someone as a human. If this is how this person wants to identify, use the right pronoun. So it's not the reason we ask that. It's not hard. No. Yeah. So we'll kind of go on through. Some, do you have, um, Erica, would you like concern that you have like a... Like I know you have your family, family, um, people that you would consider like a drag family, like your mom, siblings, things like that. Yeah, I never had a drag mom. Um, I always wanted to be kind of on my own, which has been a blessing and a curse because I've gotten to do my own thing, but I've also had to be self-taught in a lot of things. Um, but, you know, I guess like Crimson Kitty would be the, like the closest thing, like Crimson Kitty, Rock, Kai, like the the Paso Gore crew. That's probably the closest that I would have to like a proper gay family. Um, but we're not like there. There are no official titles or like this is my sister. I mean, I guess you would say like Kitty's my sister, but even Kitty uses they them pronouns now, so it's like she's my my sibling. sibling. My mm -hmm. si She's my or yeah or um, she allows me to use she pronouns for her, but. Yeah, she's probably the closest thing. Like, you know, someone you can just like sleep in the same bed and mm -hmm. like, it's just, you know. She she reminds me a lot of my actual biological sisters. So it makes sense. That's cool that you found somebody like that, that, that you can feel like close with and confide in. And mm -hmm. that, that's awesome that you were able to find somebody like that. Yeah, she's awesome. And well, that kind of answers yeah, so answer the next one. Yeah. What other queens <laughs> are you close to? <laughs> Is there any other queens you would consider yourself really close to? Not necessarily like family, but that you would, let's say that you talk to on a regular basis. You'd love doing shows with. Um, yeah. Because I know 
Erica, we'll go. This will be a perfect transition too. Erica also has a. Um, was it on Instagram? You did like an Instagram live. I like your. Was it a horror channel? I briefly caught it. I'm trying to find it again. Or was it on your uh, YouTube channel? You have oh, your yeah. own like. Can you explain that so you can explain to um, our listeners so they know what it is? Because I'm trying about, to find it and I don't remember. Are you talking about the um, the videos that me and Kitty did? Yes, yes, that was it. Oh yeah, Nerd Alert. Yes, yes, yes. So Nerd Alert, that started as a talk show uh, with myself, Rockham Sakura, and Kai Kaibi Michaels. This is back when I was living in San Francisco. So that was, I think, during 2019. Um, we filmed eight episodes. We did like um, top five most drag dragtastic Pokemon um divas in video games so like different nerdy queer topics and um obviously when i moved and then the pandemic and everything we put mm -hmm. put that on hold for a while um but then i decided to kind of bring it back so when kitty and i hosted pastel girl online which is our monthly digital drag show that we all do um we actually taped the first two episodes of the next like batch of episodes the next season of episodes so we did um top 10 busted Pokemon. And then we did top five queer icons in Sailor Moon. So we had a lot of fun with that. And yeah, probably what was it? Um, September, we're hosting the next one. So we'll probably film the next round in September. So it'll kind of be like a quarterly-ish thing. That's awesome. Yeah. It's something, so as you all can see, Erica has a lot of interests and a lot of things she does. And you see it in the channel too. Like the channel has yes. Dragula branding, Godzilla branding, Sailor Moon branding, Pokemon branding, you know. Oh, a little Erica bit of everything. And I share a love of Sailor Moon. <laughs> oh my God. I'm such a Moony. And, and our guest coming up next week also does. Oh, good. Really? Mm -hmm. He's done uh, Sailor Moon cosplay uh, before on stream. Yes. Yeah, you think we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to show you who's coming up next week. He's a streamer also. Mm -hmm. mm, Slightly more burly than I am. And does full the Sailor Moon cosplay was amazing. It was so good. What did they do? What what did they cosplay? Uh he did as Sailor. I'm trying to think when it was. This was a few a couple of months ago. Um I think he did it as like a sub goal. He had um i'm not super familiar with sailor moon i just like i kind of know it when i see it mm -hmm. and he had advertised that as you know i hit a sub goal and it wasn't like something that he was doing as a gag like he had all the shit there ready to go for months like he had done it before okay and yeah like it true was fan. true fan like he's true fan he's a true fan um super cool dude we'll 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 fill you in a little bit on him after the show but yeah I, I just the Sailor Moon thing caught me. I was like, "Oh, he does this. He also does this." So I got excited, <laughs> and, and I can't wait to talk to Erica about more about Godzilla because Kyle and I both love Godzilla. Oh my god, love I, Godzilla! I do want to say since we're kind of on this, this doesn't fall into that, but this made me think of that. So you you showed me the the cool shit that you got that that was signed and sent to you. Mm hmm. Jet Jaguar. <laughs> I was so happy to see that. You have no idea oh how God. happy I was to see that. Like that when may he, be the cover for this episode. It may be <laughs> because we're like 
like I know it from Mystery Science Theater. Chris probably knows it from Mystery wow. Science Theater originally. And I know it from Godzilla versus Megalon, which I saw when I was like three that's years old. That's actually where I know it from originally <laughs> from. See, I first grabbed and it from Monster Vision. And I saw it, I was like, I know what that is. That's a thing I know. And I was so happy to see it. Like I was stupid excited when he showed Because right, it's, it's an amazing. It's, it's so good. It's amazing. It is it, so good. That and might spot have to be on. our cover for this. Thank yep, that's you. Thank you. We're going with that. So, um, so we we kind of hit on this a little bit, but on average, how much would you do? You, would you say that you spend on clothing and makeup per month? When let's say let's say the pandemic's gone and you were yeah. just doing yeah, shows yeah. left and right. Yeah. And it, it was actually a regular year. It's hard to give a number because some months are busier than other months or like there. Sometimes you just have a lot of projects that need investing in in a mm -hmm. given period. So like if I'm working on, let's say I'm working with a seamstrix, um, which the Jet Jaguar one was made custom for me. I didn't make I didn't like sew that. Um, but if I'm working with them, then I have to sort of budget that in. Um, that can be a few hundred dollars, depending on what you need, or like one or two hundred dollars. Um, wigs are like about fifty to a hundred dollars. If you're buying a wig off of Amazon, like completely fresh, unstyled, that's fifty dollars generally. Jeez. So then that's also you know if you're if you're commissioning someone to style that for you, that's also cost money. Um, you know sometimes like. Like if I'm here, like recently I had to reorder some um, the, of the stuff I used for my black on my eye. That like cost me like $70 just because I decided to stock up on like a few things, you know, that that I use often and that need refilling every couple of months. So sometimes there are those purchases, like those things that you don't need all the time, but that you do indeed need. So, and especially being ugh, like producing your own content at home, you know, you need your own backdrop, like all that stuff, mm -hmm. um, photography equipment, videography equipment, streaming equipment, like all that stuff. That gets is factored into. We know that part. But the fun part yeah. is it's a tax write-off at the end of everything. So yeah. So and I and I'm fierce with the deductions. I keep mm -hmm. all my receipts, I add everything up. And yeah. you know, that's the best you can do. So you just see my finances. I don't make jack shit, but I'm writing everything off. Like I've yeah. got a list of all the fun things I bought. Like I'm gonna buy that anyway. And so now I can write it off. Like that's how I kind of justify some of my things. <laughs> and then he's got an idiot friend, good friend that will buy all the rest of the shit for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially when we're yep. in and the idiot friend has two thumbs and is sitting right here. Yeah, that guy. Because <laughs> I'm an idiot. Um, nah, <laughs> I'm not it's good to have say, idiot friends. I'm not going to say that on show. But where all have you traveled with drag? Like, what are some of the farthest locations you've done? What are the most exciting locations? Like, you yeah. know, I, we know you've done San Francisco and you're based in New York. So obviously you do New York. Yeah. Um, well, last year we went to the UK. That was a huge dream of mine to be able to do that. Um, so we toured all throughout England. We did not get to hit the other countries, unfortunately, but it was still amazing. Um, myself, Rock'em Sakura from Drag Race and Jimbo from Canada's Drag Race. Um, I've been to Canada to perform. Um, I went to Berlin to perform as well. That was, oh, wow. that was really crazy. Um, 
very interesting. <laughs> how how do you want to get into that at all, or do you just say you just want to well, say it one, was interesting? I mean, I like looking back on it now. I'm like, oh, you were so uh, early in your career. Mm -hmm. So like, I was just thinking about, you know, how, what I would do if I went back now. Yeah. Um. But no, the first night was really good. The second gig was at a restaurant type of place and it was really dead so it was really strange mm -hmm. the first night was like i got the experience like being on a big stage like being in a big club and people were just lining up to see me because it was um it was the kind of thing where it was someone introducing like one artist and we did a whole like 15 20 minute set right so that was amazing and then the last night it was a more like traditional show where it was like a cast of all these different artists and we used to like you know, two, two numbers or so, but I lip synced in German. Oh, wow. I did, yeah, I did. Um, I did a version of my little mermaid number in German. And then I did, I did a few other ones. Um, like maybe the Pokemon, like a Pokemon, a German. So awesome. <laughs> it was so weird, but, um, DOS Pokemon. Oh no, I did. Um, you know what it was? <laughs> I did Sailor Venus and I did the German intro that makes me so and the german happy. attacks yeah it was it was crazy that is so awesome yeah so it was do fun. you know german or did you have to learn it for this uh my my ex is from germany and so we, we were traveling there together and i man managed to you know book some gigs right and so he was there with me actually for the whole experience that's awesome um, yeah and so i picked up a lot of german from him his his mom and stepfather, I like, we went to visit them and stuff. And so, yeah, I picked up uh, quite a bit of German. And then in school, I did like Spanish and French and then through like anime and, and my work, because mm -hmm. I also, my new, like not my new obsession, cause I've done it a lot before, but my current obsession is like lip syncing in Japanese, like all those bops from the original Sailor right. Moon anime. Right. Like I'm planning a mix with the song from the, the ending of season two where like Wiseman and Sailor Moon are having that like final showdown. Yes. It's, it's, it's such a good one. And yeah, I did for my vampire. I did like Moon Revenge, which you, I'm sure you know by now. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So like, that's what you've got to listen to these. Is like is, is getting into not just like the, the music, but also the lyrics. Like, so reading the translation, right. Translations of the lyrics, how do those lyrics, um, help you put together emotion for your character like and also just you know getting to connect with the message of the song right and that would have to be tough because some of the some of the english translations for some of the theme songs for several shows blows my mind I'm like how does that that doesn't tie with you, you know what i'm talking about like monkey yeah. pie ice cream yes yes yeah, like, what the hell does that have to do with anything? And, <laughs> and so I can imagine there's some some struggle there to 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 get it right. But so are you when you're doing these? Are you trying to find? Because I'm I'm assuming when that happens, that's like a literal translation versus like what it really meant. Like it's just kind of a sh like a shitty translation when things get subbed or dubbed or whatever. Yeah, I I mean, well, for the Sailor Moon songs in particular. Um, I use uh, this website called Miss Dream, MissDream.org. Mm -hmm. Check them out, um, and they have pretty good. I mean, it's 
it's kind of sometimes clunky. So there'll be times when I sort of change it up a little bit for the captioning. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the other thing with digital drag that I've been enjoying is getting to add captions so that people know actually what I'm saying through the lip sync. Um, oh, and for your char- then, like characters that you do, that is like perfect. Yeah, too, and I I enjoy just, because you're giving your that own, realness. Yeah. You're giving that realness of this is a cartoon character come to life. Like I'm trying to watch really it. get in there. You don't have to get and, in the sub love, versus dub debate and with I anybody. Love watching, I love watching the original Japanese when I can. Mm-hmm. Um, the cadences, the, it, it's, you know, it's as, it's as the writers wrote it, right? Mm-hmm. So there's something about that that I really enjoy. And I'm trying to find the lyrics to the Godzilla singular point opening because I actually want to do, I want to bring Jet Jaguar back for a digital drag moment. That would be awesome. Yeah. And sort of weave in yeah. a little bit of Godzilla Singular Point because he really was the star. Oh, 100%. Of, of Godzilla Singular Point. And like no one was expecting that. No. But I'm so glad that that he was there. I also wasn't expecting a million Rodans to be honest though either. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Or oh, a non-Titanosaurus have... or a yes. non-Varan. That was like my least... That was my least, my biggest like complaint about it was I wish that they had, they had kept those monsters as distinct monsters. Even if agree. even if they eventually, because my theory initially was that the monsters were fusing together. Oh, like that I was didn't a theory. Well, that. that wasn't my theory. I didn't make that up. But there was a theory on Reddit that was like, well, what if it's you know? So we get like that scene with Titanosaurus or not Titanosaurus, non-Titanosaurus, and Manda. And I was like, what if they're just like fusing into the next iteration and then that next iteration will fuse with something else and then eventually we're left with Godzilla at the end. We didn't, we didn't see the final form. Is where right, we're like the final form was the <laughs> amalgamation of all these different creatures. And That's what I thought they were leading towards. As far we're going to do a Godzilla knows, episode. Because I bet yeah. that a bunch of our <laughs> listeners didn't listen or read the Reddit. Uh, that was all Erica's idea and her yeah. theory. So <laughs> all her theory. Total her theory. Anyone who says differently will fight you. Yeah. Okay, it's starting to get dark here. Let me turn on my lights because the uh, nano leaves are making me look red. Okay. And drunk. Hold on. You got a little tint to you. You got the glow. So okay, so we talked about where you traveled, and we we've hit a lot of topics on drag, and we didn't want that to just be the focus Mm. of the show. Uh, And so let's let's talk about let's uh, let's talk about your Twitch. Like, yeah. how'd you, how'd you get into that? Are you enjoying it? What are you, what, how, how did you take your skills from the stage yeah. and parlay those over to Twitch? So for me, like I had done, I think a gaming and drag panel or like a queer gaming, something at RuPaul's DragCon. This was the year right after Dragula. Um, and so that was my first like introduction to Deer, who was a drag streamer. I didn't know that, that was a thing at the time, really. I barely knew what Twitch was at the time, honest, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So uh, 8-Bit Dylan was the moderator of it all. And then, yeah, Deer was there. Bitch Pudding was there with me. Uh, I think shortly thereafter, Bitch started streaming. And then um, I, I did didn't a... know. So Bitch is streaming also? I didn't yeah, know bitch, put, bitch Pudding streams. Um, who else from our season? Anybody else from our season? Um, but Yovska, Eva Destruction, 
uh, they all stream season three monsters. <clears throat> Violencia is doing a lot of amazing like, digital drag work on Twitch as well mm -hmm. uh, with the serve network. But I had done an event with Twitch in 2019. They booked me for their pride party. And there I got to like talk to Dylan a little bit more. And um, I was just like, I really should start streaming. Um, but yeah, then shortly like after that, I decided to like move back to New York and then the pandemic and then da da da. So at the end of last year, um, I had, you know, done the whole UK tour with Cash and she is a streamer as well. And that uh, we do pass over online on her channel, actually. Mm -hmm. So uh, I really picked her brain and was just like, you know what? I really want to put this into focus um, for like the, the near future. I want to just get it off the ground. And so I just, just like with drag, I just decided to just start and just do it. 2020 was a great year to, if you're going to start streaming. Yeah. It was a great year to do it because there's yeah. like, fuck all else going on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like, exactly. And I said, I have all this idle time right now. Um, I can set up my stream and like really get into that. And then when things are a little bit more open, hopefully, you know, I can sort of dual path and, and, you know, get, get back to work on stage. But as I say, like, it, it really was something that I felt was like, I was like needing this, you know, mm -hmm. this, this way to like nerd out with people and talk to them. And it really is a chance for like, for those people that really want to get to know me yeah, to really get to know me. You know, because I outside of just social media, because this is me live for several hours a day. You're seeing and hearing the minutia of like my life, it, and so that's really awesome. It's such a fun platform to do, and and like I said, you you have that natural you know panache as a, as an entertainer, mm -hmm. and being able to take that like it's it's so personal. Um, it, yeah, or it, it can, really it is. can be extremely personal. It really uh, is, you know. Especially if, you know, Chris is in your stream or streaming with you at the same time. Sometimes it gets extremely personal. That's Well, I think one thing that, that, that <laughs> one thing that I was told before I started streaming is that it really is about building community and friendships with people. Mm -hmm. And I like I knew that like I didn't I didn't not believe that, but I didn't know it because I didn't know it from experience. I didn't know how involved that part of it was. Like the way that we check in every day in the discord yeah, and the way that we can like, even on those, you know, random moments, like unpack some shit that happened in our, you know, in our life experiences and like you build a kinship. And I think, you know, and I've said this on stream before, but like drag artists, we really are like a public service to our community as well, mm -hmm. um, to the queer community. So to be able to like hold space for people to do, all of those things to do like none of those heavy things to just have fun even is really nice and again to like get to share my nerdings out with folks and we've done so many different cool things on the channel too like the crafting stuff you know what kind like, of crafting can you go over that a little yeah, bit more so I mean, people know done, it just depends on like what needs doing at that time but i so like the first one we did we made slime for one of my photo shoots so it usually is tied to a, a photo shoot that I'm working on, meaning like I'm putting a whole, together a whole new look and I want to have it the first time I wear it, I want it to be really, really beautifully documented. And that way you get the social media content in there. You know what I'm saying? So like, because the costumes also depreciate once you start using them for shows. So it sort of is better to, I think, you know, spend several hours like doing something that you have 
kind of time to settle into. Um, but yeah, for for uh, the last two photo shoots that I did, we did uh, a few different things. We did slime. I show people how I mix all of my colors for my, for my pastel makeup. Uh, and then, yeah, last week we did a stoning party. We did just a few like distressing detail, hand painting kind of little projects. And I always try to take the audience through like whatever my creative thought process is. So uh, even if I had to work out, work on something off stream, I do still try to show it off and just show people like what you know goes into just curating my art. You're bringing up, <laughs> you brought up making slime and it just triggered so, cause I've got little <laughs> kids. And it just triggered so many bad memories in my head. Yeah. And I was just like, shit everywhere. It's <laughs> still like, in our carpet and a couple that we can't get out. So. Like, yeah, about, I know Chris great... is on the same boat as yeah. I am. Like, oh, yeah. Slime's fun when you're an adult. Slime's not yeah. fun when you're trying to make it with a five-year-old and it goes everywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a great project for kids, but the kids need to have, like, structure and preferably tile floors. Yes. <laughs> Which yes. we didn't know at the time. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> but all that stuff goes towards like creative projects that then, you know, like we use, we use, I use all my photos for like stuff on the channel. So like it even goes into like people get to see the look and feel of the channel change as I create that content on the stream. Right. So I will tell you, I had to run off. The kids were calling me for a sec, mm -hmm. but, um, I love this headset because I can hear clear across the house mm -hmm. and just how excited Kyle got when he heard that bitch pudding streams. Yes. Mm. So, I, I, was just, but, I thought it was so cool. Like, but, but then, I, I will tell she's you. She's a Twitch partner as well. Is she really? Yeah. Really? She made partner. Well, awesome. And, and digital drag has been such a phenomenon. Like they really, uh, bitch pudding show, they, they really like put, put the formula out there for other channels to start their own digital drag shows. So I'm not gonna say that she was like the very first, but really like when when everything shut down, uh, pretty shortly thereafter, they had, you know, her, herself and Meg who produces the show, um, does all the tech and the back end stuff. Um, they created a template for like how to get people to monetize their digital drag. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she's, a, she's another one like community leader of the house down as well as a sickening artist. So do you keep in contact with any of the people who you were on the show with? Like, like do like say, Hey, let's do a stream together or mm. let's play together. You know, like a I've, multiplayer. Yeah. 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 I've talked to Yolfska and bitch about like co-streaming. I, as an Aries rising y'all, I can sometimes be so self-reliant and such a lone wolf mm -hmm. that I then don't follow up. So I really need to follow up with them about doing that. Um, like some sort of co-stream um, and co-streams in general, not, not even just with Dragula artists, but I want to do more co-streams in, in future. Or like your nerdy new friends. Hey, yeah. Like it's just a great, Saturday. Yeah. It's a great way. I mean, we've had, you know, we've had Kitty do like nerd alert with me and like we hosted past the mm -hmm. um, but like actually doing gaming with other artists, I think it'll be really fun. I just gotta we, make the time. We could do, we could do scream screen, scream queen, spooky Saturday. And just like just let it oh, all. That's out. a great title. I could do a great picture for that one. You could. You could. Um, I have terrible photoshopping skills, and that's what makes them great, Erica. But um, great streaming skills when you get scared. So like it balances out if we do. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, 
so we talked about your stream a little bit. Um, well, let's talk a little bit more about your stream. When do you stream? What's your hours? How long is a typical stream for you? Um, I really want to promote the hell out of your channel because yeah. this yeah. is how much I really enjoy your channel. So generally Wednesdays, four to eight, Thursdays, three to nine. And that's and Eastern, right? Eastern time, yes. Mm -hmm. And I do try to do a third stream. Sometimes I don't. Like, for example, when I was at performing at Stonewall, I ended up not doing a stream that week. But generally speaking, we keep like one day of the week kind of ra a random daytime impromptu. Sometimes we'll, that, that just leaves us like flexibility to do like a night owl stream or like on Sunday we did crafting and gaming, but that was like our opportunity to do 12 to six. So I try to keep one day like open, but generally Wednesdays, Thursdays in the afternoon, late afternoon, early evening. So we are gonna post a link to Erica's channel. Mm -hmm. and her instagram in the bio in the bio for the youtube and anchor and spotify and every other platform that we're on all so, the links all the links be in the please discord go out and give erica a follow on twitch please mm -hmm. follow her instagram um just anything else erica just you just tell us what you want us to promote and we will um we want to make sure that our listeners get a good taste of just what we've experienced already yeah i don't know and, i think that i think that about covers it um yeah we do we do a mix of things on the channel like i said we do our makeup transformation um uh, we started out the channel doing that a lot now we're only really doing it like once a week um because i just want a little bit more flexibility and honestly like metroid games i enjoy them more out of track somehow <laughs> i don't know why that is i think it's just like we have more time to like let it rest but um, yeah, right. we do like, now we're doing the crafting streams. We have Nerd Alert on the channel as well. So we do live tapings of Nerd Alert. And so we, uh, we have like our honorable mention sections. Those are interactive and we're constantly reacting to the chat. And then we then download that whole stream and then turn it into like a 15 minute, like short-ish form bit of content. So, That's awesome. So yeah, I'm trying to sort of experiment with that. Um, on Twitch, like the sort of live into a sort of a VOD, right? Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, we do on the channel um, a lot of Pokemon, a lot of Metroid. Obviously, recently we're like hyping up for Metroid Dread. So if you're a Metroid fan, definitely come by on Wednesdays. Um, and then, yeah, Nintendo, Retro, Deep Cuts, things like that. Now, I've asked you this on stream before, but I think you've been busy. Have you ever thought about like they did the remake for the Switch on of Secret of Mana? Oh, I think you have mentioned, yeah. Yeah. That I, is right up your alley, I think. Just the style and everything mm, else. I really should check out more. Is that an RPG? Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I need to get better at RPGs. I'm not it the was, greatest. Well, it's that's what's great about this one. This one was kind of revolutionary. It was for the uh Super Nintendo. Yeah, um, I have the soundtrack. The soundtrack is out, beautiful. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's Gorgeous. And oh, Erica plays a lot of video game soundtracks. Oh, yes. Too, that's another way. big, that's another big component of our channel. Yes. yes. See, I do a lot of things that like I that are just unique to me. Like before every gaming segment, we have a VGM of the day. So that's just like me hitting shuffle on my iTunes. It's like, what track do I love that I want to share with everyone? Um, and yeah, we have a lot of like on our on our BR BRB screens, we have all my photography. So like 
and also when we're doing uh we're, we're on break so when i'm getting dressed like when i'm done with my makeup getting ready for to be in drag um or if i'm just doing like tech setup in between um we always have like our an episode of nerd alert or one of our horror streams uh, playing so there's like a really really passionate like look and feel for the channel um that if you love like video game music and 8-bit shit and like stuff like that i think you'd really appreciate it's and i will tell you from experience there's a lot of you go to a lot of channels they don't monitor the chat erica monitors every piece of that chat i think there's been <laughs> twice that she hasn't seen my comments but that's because that chat was so busy i feel like i'm being called out right read now that. Uh, you should and sometimes because... and sometimes it's it's because i'm like try, i'm like really trying to win something oh yeah no the, you were in the middle of a boss fight both the times this has happened <laughs> and yeah. so i'm just like yeah she's not you know this is more important <laughs> yeah. and i am calling out kyle a little bit when he yeah uh, i feel like i'm the one getting called out for not monitoring thanks crit yeah yeah you're welcome so kyle does a lot of um i don't know erica you might like this too he does a lot of um role play the video game role play mm do a lot of gta rp okay. some red dead rp too which was fun red dead rp was way easier for me to do just because of i don't know it fit me personally i guess but um the gta rp was also just such a blast so he has a character who's sean gemini i believe well there was two of us there was sean s-h-a-w-n gemini and then props who's also been on the show was s-h a-U-N Gemini. So both Sean Gemini. Yeah, okay. They both looked exactly alike. And we were twins. So that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was just kind of fun. Um, so Erica's kind of hit on this too. We, we know the kind of games that Erica likes are a lot of the classic Nintendo games. Um, Metroid, Pokemon, that kind of stuff. Is there any other genre of games that you really enjoy? um i think that really much pretty much covers it um if, if you don't it's not a big i mean I, the one thing that i was thinking about today because i've had godzilla on the brain mm -hmm. is uh the godzilla fighting games i'm not i'm not too too big on fighting games but like smash yes and some more godzilla i would love to get on the channel a bit more um and yeah i, I want to do like I kind of feel like we need like an oddities section. Like we'll just do one stream of one crazy, crazy game. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have to do like a full playthrough or anything, but just like, you know, go go off with the emulators and all that, right. the, the, the difficult stuff, well, fine I stuff. Maybe throw Rampage, like the old classic oh, yeah. Rampage games in there. Mm, that would mm -hmm. be fun, yeah. So I don't know if you knew this or not, but I used to have it on Nintendo when original Nintendo was on, then they did a remake on... I can't remember if it was N64 or Super Nintendo. There was a Godzilla fighting game. You could be Godzilla or Rodan or Mothra or Ghidorah. Yeah. Um, and I have seen that on an emulator. So that might be right up your alley, even though fighting games aren't, you know, your favorite. Yeah, yeah, but it yeah. is Godzilla and you get to be Godzilla and that is well, just that's so what much it is. fun. That's what it's about for me. Like the the Godzilla um, game on the GameCube uh, and the one that was on the Wii as well. Like those are some of my favorites. And um, yeah, it'll be fun to nerd out about Godzilla on the channel too. Yeah. One uh, classic game that anytime retro gaming comes up that I'm going to recommend to everybody to try 
if you've never tried it. And I know you said like RPGs aren't your thing, but I think I'm kind of picking up on your humor as well is uh, a game called Earthbound for Super Nintendo. Oh, yes, yes, yes. No, I definitely <laughs> okay. like Earth, Earthbound. I know that there is a version of Earthbound Beginnings that also is a little bit more forgiving. Yeah. So like even even those like fan hacks, like I'm thinking at some point, maybe not before Metroid Dread, but at some point we'll do the original NES Metroid. Um, someone told me about a modification for it where there's like a map and everything. So like things like that I would like to do. Um, Earthbound for sure, for sure, for sure. Especially because Ness, my Ness look is the avatar mm -hmm. for my channel. Yep. Oh, well, and That's when you were mentioned like looking for character or talking about other characters that you would like to portray, and there was one and I've been trying to find the character model like this whole show that I thought like this would be an awesome one for Erica to do, and I have not been able to find it yet. <laughs> I'm still looking through because I've that's I always he's really that, good about that. I always preach it like that's the my favorite game that I've never completed, and I've played mm. it since I was like a little kid, and still haven't beat that game. He'll find it here in a sec. Um, I will. Erica, so speaking of the kind of stuff you like, what kind of movies and TV do you like? Like, do you have favorite movies, favorite shows, favorite genres? What do you like? Well, of course, you know, I love Dragula because I'm a horror nerd. Mm -hmm. So when I was in high school, I got really big into Dario Argento's films. I don't know if you're familiar with that director. Italian horror. He did Suspiria. I'm going to have to write this down. That's okay um but yeah oh, like, i want to go see even this slash even slashers um like the original halloween um and that whole series that was big for me um yeah so partnered things like that that's awesome so what would uh, for our final question what would you like people to know about you what parting gift what parting thoughts would you like people to remember about you um i don't know i just want to spread joy <laughs> that's like what what drag comes down to it's like i want to be happy and what i do makes other people happy and that's really like the ultimate thing you know is like again that that being the fairy god godmother of the queer community like how do you you know just again spread joy right so, and also I think like, I would hope that I leave behind, you know, a little coffee table book of like all this amazing art that I created, you know, and that made other people happy, so. Which is awesome. It's, I think you're accomplishing your job. Thank you. <laughs> you've, you've pulled me in, you've pulled my wife in, <laughs> you've pulled Kyle in, mm -hmm. he became right. a fan. I, I will tell you, though, when he was watching your season of Dragula, he did text me. He goes, I think Monique could kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had a real fear there. Like, yeah, Monique could kick my ass. But one thing I did get from the show, and I, I was wanting to get this in. This is a perfect time for it. There was, for lack of a better word, a lot of, and I'm sure it's probably some of the editing and different things, and you don't, you do not have to get into that at all. There's a lot of sassiness. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of overt sassiness that mm -hmm. happened from in the in the boudoir scenes and things, and 
like I get that some of that stuff has to kind of get upselled for the show and things like that, but I really, really, really appreciate it. like you were like the mediator. You were like <laughs> you like were the, the calm collected one. Yes. Yeah. As much as you could be up to a point. Yeah. And um like I appreciated that so much. Like there's like it's a competition and everybody's going, but you were just like, listen, guy, like we're we're in this together. And let's support each other. Let's do this. Like you were so positive through everything. And I appreciated the hell out of that so much watching it because so many of these competition shows get they they really upsell the cutthroatness of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and just, just like that was so refreshing to see that this person is is being this way and then that we get to actually talk with this person later. Like it, it was that awesome. made yeah that made me happy erica to me is the great british baking great british baking show because <laughs> that is the nicest competition i have ever seen in my it's life it's so nice they're so nice so they, they don't, it's not like i'm you know like hell's kid i'm gonna screw that bitch over you know fuck her yeah. no yeah british hey i finished hey let me stir this for you let me put this in the oven i'm gonna help you that's erica to me <laughs> yep. Yep, i love it's it it's not an exaggeration that's, that's what we appreciate thank you thank you so with that we actually erica would you like to play a little game with us that we play on the show um i think i would like to check in with my sister before she has to go to sleep oh no problem right. no not a problem there so well thank you so much we want to um again thank you so much for joining the show mm-hmm. and agreeing to talk to us Thank you for having me. It was fun. It was it was a great time. A and um, we're going to ask you some. Uh, I'm going to I got one other thing to tell you before we let you go here after we end this, Erica. Yeah. Um, so with that, this has been Every Man's Guide to Nerddom. I'm Chris. And I'm Kyle. And wherever you guys are, uh, have a good evening, a good morning, good night, whatever it is, whatever time you are. And please be good to each other. And again, thank you so much to the lovely Erica Clash for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Nerd Bye-bye. rise up. It could get elevated. Nerd rise up. It could get elevated. Nerd core used to be just a made up word. MCs shied away.